This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Ambulatory Surgery Center's podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Carrie Windler, an orthopedic surgeon with Austin Sports Medicine in Texas. Dr. Windler, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Good to be able to visit with you, Laura. Now, before we dive into the questions, can you tell me a little bit more about yourself and your background? Sure. So I, as you said, I'm an orthopedic surgeon in Austin, Texas, and I've been practicing here since 1977 and initially somewhat of a general orthopedic practice. Then after a fellowship in 1978, I had somewhat of a gradual transition to more of a sports medicine subspecialty practice. I was then uh, named head team physician orthopedic surgeon for the University of Texas in 1986 um, and held that position until 2015 when I then transferred that role to one of my younger partners. I was the senior founding partner for our, our group, Austin Sports Medicine, which is now a group of eight subspecialty trained uh, physicians, primarily orthopedic, but covers the whole waterfront. Um, and then a founding partner for our ambulatory surgery center, uh, Central Park Surgery Center, which we started in 1999. And then I was medical director for our ASC until 2020. So that's kind of a, a background of where I started and where we are now. Got it. Absolutely. So you've been able to see your practice through, you know, lots of different uh, things over the past several years, and especially, like you said, the ASC as well, um, and being the medical director there. Now, thinking about especially this past year, I'm sure has been challenging with COVID-19, but what are the top three trends that you're following in healthcare today? Yeah, I mean, that, that was, there's so many trends that I've uh, tried to narrow it down, but one trend that, that and I, this may vary from region to region, but hospital employment of physicians certainly is a trend and has not been uh, terribly active in Austin, but moving in that direction. Uh, secondly, mergers, formations of supergroups, looking at the pros and cons of, of that trend. And then thirdly, sort of private equity purchases of practices and uh, how that is evolving and, again, advantages, disadvantages to that. Got it. So obviously, all three things, the hospital employment of physicians, the mergers and supergroups, as well as private equity getting into the space, you know, really looking at some of the big market trends um, in healthcare today, which of them do you think are, you know, kind of affecting ASCs in, in smaller physician practices the most? Do you think there'll be um, the ability and opportunity for smaller physician groups to succeed in the future? Or, you know, do you really see more of this consolidation um, in private equity investment being a vehicle that will be necessary for growth in the future? Well, I, I'm probably a little biased. I think that, that there is definitely going to be a role for smaller groups, our group of eight, and we're strategically growing as we as we fill needs in our practice. But uh, we've looked at, at those other opportunities, larger groups, consolidation, private equity. And, and for us, we felt like because of the efficiency of our practice, uh, the growth of our practice, that that we did not need to go in that direction now. And not to say that as the market changes, that, that, that might be something that we look at again. We, we never close the door on that. But again, I, I think there is going to be and will continue to be a role for smaller groups, anywhere from you know, six to 15 doctors rather than the, the uh, super groups of over 100. I think partly that's based on when we've looked at those options, we, we just feel like we can 
adapt and change to market demands, market trends very nimbly, very quickly. Uh, and I think the larger a group becomes, the more difficult it is to do that and, and certainly giving up a lot of autonomy. So, uh, again, there, there may be a time in the future where the advantages uh, change, but for the time being, we, we feel like we're in a much better position than, than the groups that have merged into to super groups of 50 to 100 doctors just looking at our, our numbers and so on. So, uh, again, we're, we're, we're comfortable with where we are, but constantly reevaluating it. Got it. I think that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, we'll definitely be great to hear for a lot of our, our listeners who are in smaller groups or, you know, who appreciate being in a more independent setting in atmosphere. Now, I'm wondering, you know, considering all of these things, and obviously, as you mentioned, always reevaluating some of the opportunities and what the market looks like, but what do you see as some of the best opportunities for growth or, or continued to development of your practice and surgery center in the next year or two? Yes. Um, so right now, our, our practice, and we're sort of the, the major uh, uh, investors in our surgery center, the, the best opportunity is the growth in, in total joints. Uh, it's taken some time for that to roll out for a number of reasons. Uh, some of it was contracting. Uh, payors were a bit reluctant, not a bit reluctant, but very reluctant to renegotiate contracts that, that would allow us to do those uh, in a financially prudent way. So it, until those contracts came up for renewal, we were kind of stuck in a holding pattern. But we are now doing uh, total shoulders, total knees, total hips in, in our center, we recently purchased a Mako robot that will facilitate the total hips, total knees. So I think that that opportunity, total joint growth, is 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 significant. And I think we're just on the on the front end of that wave. The second area is is the growth in spine cases. And in the past, probably ten years ago, our RASC had a, a number of orthopedic and neurosurgeon spine doctors that operated at our center and and had a very, very robust practice. That changed when their practice was purchased by one of the hospitals that then precluded them from continuing to operate at our surgery center. So we, we know it can work. It worked very, very well, both in terms of patient care, single-level cervical, single-level lumbar discs, and so on outpatient went home the same day patients loved it uh, outcomes were wonderful but again it was sort of an arbitrary artificial change because they opted to sell their practices to a hospital could no longer operate at RESC and then sort of almost sadly that that venture for them failed with the hospital and and they subsequently uh, had somewhat of a contentious divorce but haven't been able to come back to our center, but I think we will will be able to move in that direction and, and add spine, which we know can work. And, and I think that that certainly is a, a great opportunity for growth. Absolutely. I know, you know, there's a, like you said, a ton of spine cases that seem to be more and more proven to be safe in the surgery center. And having already done them in the past and knowing um, and having the infrastructure in place for them, I think really puts you ahead of the curve. What are you most excited about today and what makes you nervous? Yeah, well, certainly I'm, I'm excited about the fact that we are just now 
ramping up our, our total joint volume at the surgery center. Uh, and I think then I had mentioned that our group of eight is, is adding additional subspecialty trained physicians. And one of those that we anticipate adding uh, in the fall of this year uh, is, is, a, is a spine orthopedic spine specialist. So I'm excited about having him join our practice. Uh, he's very well trained, uh, fellowship trained. So having him sort of there will, will certainly be an opening then to recruit other spine doctors and, um, and be involved in, in our surgery center. The, the flip side of that is I, I, there are certain things that I am worried about uh, that sometimes those concerns are unique to, to certain markets. Texas does not have a certificate of deed, uh, so that here there's a, been a proliferation of ASCs in our market with subsequent potential dilution, and we've at times lost partners who felt like you know they could uh, could do do it better, and uh, and and oftentimes that didn't work out. But again, I think there is a uh, in our market a just a, a proliferation of surgery centers that will, will probably continue uh, in, the, in the near future. I think the other concern is, although Austin is somewhat behind, I think, other cities in terms of hospital employment, I think that, that's, that, will, that will probably grow over the next two to five years. And as that happens, the concern is that those physicians who are hospital employees will, will probably not be able to operate at our, our surgery center. And then one one thing that's unique to us, since we're such an orthocentric center, we're heavy orthopedic, 60%, 65%. One of my concerns is is our increasing material costs, implants uh, for some of our orthopedic cases, some of our complex arthroscopic cases, and so on. And those those costs, oftentimes, when fellows um, move into a private practice, they're unaware of how much certain things cost that they had carte blanche access to in a fellowship. And, you know, educating them and, and then main, containing those costs is, is going to be a challenge. So I, I look at that as kind of something that's going to be ongoing for a while. And then finally, I, you know, after 2020, I, I'm always concerned about another event like COVID. Uh, I, I'm not expecting that, but I didn't expect that to happen either. So those sort of black swan events, um, concern me. Um, not that there's anything I can do about it, but uh, it's always something that's there in the back of my mind. Got it. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, you know, COVID-19 threw so many of us for a loop, and now it's hard to really say, you know, what to expect and, and plan for the future in some cases. Um, I do have a quick follow-up question for your, your thoughts on especially the additional ASCs coming into the market and um, increased potential hospital employment. When you look at your surgery center, is there, you know, anything that you're doing uh, strategically to become more attractive to physicians or, or just make sure that um, you're retaining the physicians within the group versus having, um, you know, I guess as the competition becomes a little bit more fierce in, in the marketplace? Yes, uh, we do have a, a market uh, representative for our, our center and one other in the, in the city. And one of his primary jobs, and I've told him from the beginning, is to reach out to current operators, investors, to be sure that we're meeting their needs. Uh, you know, the last thing you want to do is is lose a partner, lose a, a surgeon. 
So that's a, that's something that that I, we stress um, every every month. Um, and then, secondly, our our center, just in terms of we we try to get feedback from the surgeons, the patients, our staff, um, in terms of what kind of job we're doing. And typically, our our ratings are exceptionally high. And we have an administrator now, and this. Again, that's a variable that could have, I didn't mention that as a worry, but we have an administrator who is wonderful, and she's at an age where she occasionally mentions retirement. Well, you know, you lose a key person like that, and, and things can change. She does understand how to, how to attract physicians, how to maintain physicians, how to make it a very efficient place to operate, a very friendly place. And the other thing that, we, that we've stressed from the day we started this is maintaining employees and keep get, recruiting and maintaining very very good employees and in a center that's heavily orthopedic uh, that's critical because those cases have a lot of equipment uh, and if if you don't have personnel that's comfortable with that equipment and uh, uh, and so on it, it makes coming to the center difficult we, we, we're fortunate now that we have a, a staff that's been with us for a while that that's very good and so I think that the key thing is first maintaining uh, surges that we have and being sure that if there are needs that, that somehow we're not meeting, we need to do that um, in terms of scheduling, in terms of uh, uh, personnel help, in terms of equipment, uh, but then constantly reaching out to, to younger doctors in the, in the city and certainly uh, younger physicians who are in groups who already have surgeons that are operating at our center. Well, Dr. Windler, thank you so much for joining the podcast today. This has been a really fantastic discussion, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Laura, I appreciate your time and uh, look forward to hearing from you. Thank you.